Here at home, our environment minister, the federal environment minister, Stephen Gibault, talking today about uh, coming up with a new and improved reporting process for environmental emergencies. Uh, this is all stemming from that leak of wastewater uh, from the Curl mine, in oil sands mine in, in northern Alberta. Uh, we didn't find out about it for nine months, if you remember. Uh, Imperial Oil and the Alberta Re- Energy Regulator were supposed to notify the feds about the situation uh, when they first noticed it last May. They didn't, though, until this February. Um, so obviously the system did not work. Now, today in Ottawa, a number of uh, people are speaking before the Environment and Sustainable Development Committee. Uh, Chief Adams, who was uh, representing one of the First Nations affected by this leak. Uh, We're also expecting to hear from Imperial Oil and the Alberta Energy Regulator at some point. I don't think that's happening today. I think it's been moved to next week. But Markham Hislop is an energy journalist and publisher of Energy News who's been monitoring proceedings closely and joins us now. Hi, Markham. How are you? I'm fine, Shay. By the way, uh, go Oilers, boo Bruins. <laughs> I knew you would do that. I have. <laughs> if, if half the team has the flu, uh, Florida has a shot. That's oh, we'll put it that way. But we'll see. Oh, um, you're making excuses already, uh, <laughs> Shay. That's not making excuses. Not. But I mean, hey, we'll see what happens. We'll see. It could maybe it's just gamesmanship, Markham. Maybe that's all it is, right? Oh, a little bit ahead games. Maybe. We'll we'll wait and see tonight. We will. Um, Now, you've been spending your morning watching what I'm sure was very thrilling and compelling television. Um, The testimony, or or I guess at least the reporting, of the Environment and Sustainable Development Committee. I I know Chief Adams was one of the speakers. Uh, Tell us what happened there this morning. Well, Chief Adam was, and also Chief Billy Joe uh, Takaro from the Miccosu Cree Nation. There were some representatives also from uh, uh, Métis uh, communities. I didn't get to see those. It was mainly uh, uh, Chief Adam, Chief Takaro, yeah. and, a, and a technical uh, expert. It was very moving. I mean, in it, you know, there was they put a, a, a face to the the crisis uh, in in northern Alberta. Uh, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, how fearful folks in the various, the, the, I guess there's up to 50 communities that are that potentially affected. You know, they're, they're, they're worried they're drinking water. They're worried about the kids swimming in the lake this summer. They're worried about the rise in, in cancer that, uh, in, you know, uh, diagnoses that they're seeing in their communities. So it, it's really very stressful and, and very, uh, very traumatic for the folks who are living there. But what really caught my attention, because in, the curl for me was a kind of a seminal event. This is the the thing that sent me down the Alberta Energy Regulator rabbit hole. And so I was listening for the technical parts of, you know, what was going on, what was, what's shared, what's not shared, what do we know, what don't we know. And that was actually the most interesting part. And I've sort of spent a little bit of time down that rabbit hole as well. Uh, a lot of criticism being leveled at uh, the regulator, and it seems like that's where, if there's fingers of blame being pointed, that's where they're being pointed. I, I think that's fair enough. Um, I should tell your listeners that when I started this uh, you know, two months ago, a really intensive deep dive into what the AER is, is doing, what the problems are, uh, I wasn't surprised that there were, you know, law professors, professors from the University of Calgary who were critical. I wasn't surprised that there were some scientists, you know, ecologists and so on that were critical. 
What really surprised me was the number of professionals, you know, engineers and geophysicists and toxicologists and others like that, who were actually working in the industry and willing to talk on the record about all the many, many, many regulatory problems that are plaguing the the industry, both the oil sands and and the conventional production. Uh, that was a big surprise. The 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 uh, testimony today, particularly from the chiefs, really. I think was consistent with what those experts have told me, and uh, this, this is going to be a, this could be a, a real interesting. A, a scrap could come out of this political scrap mm-hmm. over jurisdiction because the, the First Nations were saying the AER is broken. We don't trust it anymore. That trust is gone, and we need the federal government to step in. It does have regulatory authority here under federal reg- legislation, and we uh, actually would like to see it take over. The regulation of of the tailings ponds and, and of the industry that, that as you know uh that's going to be a very thorny issue if it if it oh. does become a, a political issue it, it would be it would be a battle royale i mean that would be you're at, it would be yeah uh, but so what do you make of the environment ministers this morning today you're just coming out today and saying he wants to in fact take a look at a new and improved reporting system. And he says he's talking about setting up a working group um, that would include federal and provincial government representation, as well as the Northwest Territories and the Indigenous communities. How big of a departure is that from what we have now? Like you say, it's a lot of jurisdictions involved where it used to just be the AER. Uh, It's not just, I don't think it's ever been just the AER, but the, the federal government has had separate legislation around things like uh, environmental monitoring and the Fisheries Act. So, th- But that's not really the, the issue here. I think what the issue is that the, uh, the trust has been broken. The, if the Alberta, regu- uh, Alberta Energy Regulator is as bad as I'm being told it is, then simply putting in another process to share information is, is just a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid on a big gaping wound. And I'll give you an example. So Martin Grigger is was the uh, he's a technical expert with uh, one of the uh, First Nations in Fort McMurray, and he said two months after the spill of uh, you know because there was and we should make this clear for your listeners there was a leak that started in the spring of 2022 that continued for nine months and nobody talked told anybody about that. Then there was the spill of 5.3 million liters of industrial wastewater that took place. I think it was actually around late January, and that kind of blew everything wide open. You couldn't; they they, they had to tell people uh, they go public with that. And that was a reporting that happened in February. They finally look what's happened. Yes, exactly right. Um, but the the problem here. So uh, Martin Grigger said, even two months later. We still have not been allowed to see the water quality data from that Imperial Oil has has collected. So there, there's third-party uh, monitors up there. There's the AER collecting data. There's the Imperial Oil collecting data, and the Feds are collecting data, and and the community hasn't seen any of that. They ha- like they have technical experts like Martin Grigger who can look at these reports and 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 tell the community what the risk is, uh, whether they should be worried or not worried, and they're not getting that information. And I, and I so I this looks to me they could be proved me wrong, but this is not a fundamental reworking of the relationship okay. or of the reg, of the regulator. It's a band aid. 
Gotcha. Okay. Now, as far as this testimony or, or whatever we want to call it uh, that took place this morning, there's more to come, including AER and Imperial, right? Yes, that's that's right. And I would expect, based on what I've seen from both Imperial and the AER, uh, they are circling the wagons. Uh, they um, have released very little information. All of it has been very general, very generic. Uh, the I had a scientist, uh, Dr. Uh, Kevin Timoney, who's written a, a book called The Hidden Scourge, came out a couple of years ago, that is just a devastating analysis of uh, uh, oil and gas uh, leaks in Alberta. And I asked him, I said, well, look, what, what questions should I ask the regulator so that I get the right answers? I mean, this is very highly technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I should be asking. And he said, okay, here's three or four questions. This is the data that you want. So I went to the regulator, and all they came back and said, well, this is at, under active investigation, and we're not releasing any data. And the so I went back to another source who'd been in the industry for over 30 years, and she said, back not that long ago, like under the ERCB, many of your listeners will remember that, it was the predecessor to the AER, they, they made a point of if there was a spill that all of the water quality data was released because people need to know what's been, you know, what's in their uh, groundwater, what's in, maybe in their drinking water. That's really critical. So there's been a change, I'm told by the many experts I've interviewed, in the way the AER operates. And it's very, it's becoming more and more opaque. It's harder and harder to get information. And they just, you know, give the kind of everybody the kind of response that I got. That's all I've heard. You know, in all the reading that I've done and the people that I've spoken to, everybody says that the whole system that we have just isn't working. Did anybody come out in defense, Markham, of the Alberta Energy Regulator and say, no, they're doing a good job. This is the way it's supposed to work. No. No. No, they really, really, they really haven't. And I mean, look, uh, the Alberta, no, well, I wouldn't say that. Okay, so Environment Minister Sonia Savage and Premier uh, Danielle Smith uh, came out and said everything's fine. You know, there's had, there hasn't been any uh, the, the the chemicals the, the water that leaked and the chemicals that were in them have not uh, leaked into into ground uh, groundwater that affects the communities is it in in their drinking water. And Chief Adam, uh, one of his staff, emailed me photos that they took uh, shortly after the announcement. You know, it was revealed that there had been a leak. They went up in a helicopter and they took photos. Uh, and the AER had said there were there were you know no wildlife impact and you could see moose tracks walking right down to a pond that was full of contaminated water. Hmm. So, and this is the point that, that Dr. Timoney makes all the time is is that the AER's reports on these kinds of spills are always flawed. There's they're missing data, uh, data is reported incorrectly. You can't trust them, and the lack of trust, the broken trust was mentioned over and over again by the uh, by the folks testifying before this committee. And I would say if there's a consistent theme here with the AER, it's broken trust. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That that's, seems to be where we're at and, and, you know, what we ultimately get up seeing and replacing or replace it. If we do replace it, uh, we'll be fascinating to see. But uh, Markham, appreciate it. And we'll follow up as we continue. I think next week is when we're scheduled to have the next round of testimony or whatever we're calling it with uh, AER and Imperial, right? Yeah, give me a call. We'll uh, we'll talk some brewing hockey. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> They're still going to win, Markham. Yeah, sure they are. Okay, <laughs> okay thanks. That's uh, Markham Hislop, who is an energy journalist and publisher of Energy Media.